Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on June 21st, 2023. Well, today just happens to be the summer solstice, which means it's the longest day as opposed to night of the year. The actual day isn't any longer, but it's lighter longer. I hope you enjoy every moment of it. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and Creator God, today is the day that you have made, and it just so happens that today is the longest of the year. Help us, Lord, to spend our time today and every day in a distinctively Christian manner in and through modeling your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so you ever been out to eat at a restaurant? <clears throat> of course you have. Have you ever been out to eat at a restaurant and seen a sign on the front door that says, or claims, that we are the best and the most friendly restaurant in the world? I haven't, but I'm sure there are some. But you know what person that greets you at the front door and your server? Those two, they're the representatives of that restaurant. And that will go a long way in forming your opinion of that restaurant. Of course, the food needs to be edible and good as well. But especially your server. If your server's good, it will be a good reflection on that restaurant, right? <clears throat> if your server is less than acceptable, it'll be a negative reflection on that restaurant. The same goes for any other business, sports team, and the list could go on and on and on. As Christians, we believe that we are made in the image of God. And because of that, it is truly our right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to God. How do we do this? Well, we do this through our distinctively Christian thoughts, words, and deeds. You remember the old cliche, actions speak louder than words. <clears throat> well, there's a meme, I think I've shared this with you before, but picture a, a four-frame story. I think it's worth repeating. There's a gentleman named Carl that just started a landscaping business and he's having a conversation with Jesus, and it goes like this. Carl says, Jesus, should I add a little fish symbol to the corner of my landscaping company's logo? And Jesus says to Carl, to what end, Carl? And Carl's response, obviously so people will know they're dealing with a Christian company. And Jesus' response to Carl, let's leave it off and see if they can figure out by your workmanship, work ethic, and honesty instead. You know, <clears throat> we can talk all day about loving others. We can post inspirational quotes on Facebook about living as Christ did every day. I'm pointing to myself a little bit here on that one. And we can talk a big game, but what really matters is how we play the game. If we talk all day about love, forgiveness, and grace, but never actually live it out, we're hypocrites. I don't think we intend to be hypocritical. I don't, but I know I am. 
We have good intentions behind what we say. The problem is our sinful nature rams us off track and we fall back into our pride and never actually live out what we said. We are all guilty of this, and I'm one of the worst. I'd like to start today with a reading from Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on a cross. Key word in there is servant. Just keep that in mind, servant. Our next reading is from 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Here's a great quote from C.S. Lewis. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Our next short reading comes from the book of John, chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. A new command, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Do you remember that conversation that James and John had with Jesus when they requested that one be able to sit at his right hand and one sit at his left hand when he came into his glory? Well, Jesus basically told them, you don't know what you're talking about. And he ended his answer by letting them know that in the way to be exalted is to serve others. This reading is found in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 43 through 45. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. All right, you might ask, what does this look like in practical terms? Or in other words, how do we put this into practice, this whole servanthood thing? I wake up every morning reminded myself to keep my eyes on Jesus. I try to begin every morning just as my feet are hitting the floor to thank God for a good night's sleep and then thank him for the day that he's made 
and also thank him for opportunities that he will put on my plate to help serve others. You know, disciples are learners, so it's important to remind yourself that you are becoming a disciple of Christ. We're learning. Remind yourself that you are learning to be love in a world filled with brokenness. Every day, all day, be with Jesus. Ask him to join you at work, at the party, on the football field, at the Bible study, at the movies, on your daily walks, and during supper. Be with Jesus. Read the Bible. Well, actually, a little bit more than that, actually study the Bible. And as a result, seek to love everyone unconditionally, without any limits, forgetting the past, and continually looking to the future. I know what you're thinking. Suggs, you don't do all that. I, I don't. But as I pause to reflect on these words I just spoke to you, I think, are you kidding me? How could I expect anyone, including myself, to be able to love everyone unconditionally, without limits, and forgetting the past? I have to remind myself that the answer is, I can't and you can't by myself or yourself. We need someone to save us from ourselves. We need someone to help, and that someone is Jesus. Well, you know, a flippant response would be, well, guess what? Jesus is gone. He's not here anymore. He's been gone for 2,000 years. Wrong. Remember what he said? Jesus said, I will send an advocate, and he did send his Holy Spirit to be with us, to equip us, to prepare us, to renew us, and yes, even to renovate us for a life of service. Jesus was not a Christian, but he is the reason for Christianity. I want to share with you a very impactful example of how early Christianity got recognized by the pagans. It reminds me of a detail in Rodney Stark's book titled The Rise of Christianity, in which he explains how the radically different ethic based on genuine charity helped the little newcomer religion of Christianity conquer the great Roman Empire. Put very simply, the Christians just went about being Christians. When the plague swept through the cities, they didn't run for the hills. They stayed put and looked after not only their loved ones, but also their neighbors. And if they caught the plague and died, they were considered martyrs for charity. <clears throat> Christian husbands loved their wives and treated them with equal respect. Christian parents loved their children and treated them with dignity. The pagan society, on other hands, treated women as one step up from slaves and children as one step down from slaves. The Christians fed the poor, sheltered the homeless, and yes, loved one another. In first century Ephesus and throughout the Roman Empire, it was absolutely legal to dispose of excess or unwanted babies simply by leaving them at the garbage dump or local dung heap to die of exposure. It was expected 
and carried accepted and expected, and it carried no social stigma, especially if the child was deformed, illegitimate, a child of infidelity, the family was poor, there was family conflict, or was just guilty of being one of too many children. One of the early acts of those belonging to the Christian movement is that they rescued abandoned newborns who were thrown on the trash heap or dung piles on the outskirts of the city. They didn't carry signs declaring they were Christians. They simply lived the lives that Jesus intended for them to live. Many times during my career in construction, my clients would ask, when are you going to put a sign in my yard? And my answer, more often than not in the last half of my career, was, I don't need a sign because you are my sign. If I do a good job, you're going to tell a handful of people. And if I do a bad job, well, guess what? You're going to tell hundreds of people. We were made in God's image, and we are responsible for bearing God's image to the world. We don't need to walk through life carrying a sign, identifying ourselves as Christians. People will know we are Christians through our thoughts, words, and deeds. I'll leave you with one final instruction <clears throat> from Jesus himself. This is found in the book of John. Of note here in this reading is Jesus washed the feet of all of his disciples, even Judas, whom he knew was going to portray him. Let that sink in, betray him. This reading is from the book of John, chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I know it's not Christmas yet, but it really is more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's not a sign we hold on a saying or on our t-shirt that lets the world know we're Christians. It is and always will be our distinctively Christian actions manifested in love towards others that will unmistakably identify us as Christians who follow Jesus. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your son Jesus Christ so the world could and can see your never-ending love for us in and through his modeling, the nature of a true servant. Through the help of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you would light a fire in our hearts to enable us to thank you for your unending love by serving and loving everyone, including the ones we find difficult to love. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
Go in peace, serve the Lord by your distinctively Christian thoughts, words, and deeds.